Titans. Fighting might be easier from outside the cage, but this week it was not for me in fantasy football. I'm so fucking mad. My team is better than yours, Raph, despite that bullshit today and whatever was going on with Stefan Diggs and... Uh, I forget who else. You had somebody else just go the F off. Raph defeats me in fantasy football most likely. I, don't, I haven't seen what Buck Allen's doing, but I don't think he's going to give me the 42 points I need to get out of it. My quarterback was better. My receivers did not show up this week. Congrats to you, sir. Fighting not easier this week from outside the cage. I would have rather have been punched in the face than losing this way. Tell your fucking quarterback, Drew Brees, to throw the ball to Michael Thomas to the end zone. They're just letting Alvin Kamara score 48 points on in a standard league. Oh, so mad. My team's better than yours. I defeated you in the championship, and so I will this year. But for now, I... how Whatever. How are you? How are you, ref? Esparza. Was I winning? Shut up. I know you. No, are. I mean, I, I just know. I haven't had the chance I, to check today. You've been at EBI, which is what we're going to talk about first. Apparently, been you went to some white belt been. tournament where you competed and beat people up because you were like, oh, 100%. purple belt comes in. Oh, I'm just going <laughs> to kick some white belt ass. And it was insulting. I got texts. Everyone's angry. <laughs> <laughs> but you, of course, coast to a win in fantasy football. No, I just I wanted to see this. Yeah, my quarterback didn't produce today, but that's okay. He didn't need to because everybody else did. I don't understand it. I just don't. Under- DeAndre Hopkins, that's who murdered me in the first resurrection. Thanks, Colts. You could do anything. You could you try curing cancer because you made the Houston Texans look good today. And if you can do that, I assume anything's possible. I just okay. I, again, I think it's preemptive, and it's not a classy human being to celebrate before the final totals are in, guys. There, Kevin still has two people. Oh, oh no, they look like they're. Are they all done? I'm like I have a running back for the yeah. Ravens. The Ravens. <laughs> the yeah. Ravens. Yeah, you know, Kev. Not I feel a running so bad. back friendly league either. Which no, I know, I already know that. I I I start who I start. Definitely took Kevin five seasons to figure that out, but but now I'm crushing it. I mean, I you won once, it. which I guess I've done twice. But Jared Allen, yeah, it's looking a lot on you, buddy. <laughs> it's not looking good. Anyway, guys, here's what I want to say about this. It's a complete surprise to me. I was not paying attention to the score obsessively all day. Or was I occasionally taking a break from watching White Belts grapple to actually look and make sure that I was winning? Because there's nothing more satisfying than looking at your app and going, how much am I beating Kevin by? Can you please tell me the exact points that Kevin is losing to me by right now? Thank you, Siri. I didn't know that she would respond to that. But I didn't do any of that because I was busy being the world's greatest jiu-jitsu journalist. A job that requires the same dedication that Clark Kent gave to whatever bugle he worked for. The, I think he wasn't the Daily Bugle. I think he was uh, the Metropolis Metropes. Anyway, that's not <laughs> important, guys. I want to make sure that it's very clear. Kevin, I'm very sorry that your team didn't produce at a time when they really needed to step up their game to come up against me. And I'm very glad that you mentioned no less than nine times how much better your team is on paper, except when it matters. But that's 
football stuff. Let's go back to grappling, Kevin, because that's what we all come here for. So you said that you wanted to talk about EBI. I was covering it. You watched it on the television. What questions do you have for me? Well, you get to see the fun stuff. But in this one, we had a few non-contact injuries, which is very bizarre in jiu-jitsu to have injuries that happen via non-contact, especially at EBI. And non-contact is a football term. Obviously, there was some some contact. It's definitely not a football term. It's just a medical term. There were unbelievable matches. I really want to ask what John Blank was like as you saw him because you were, as everyone who was watching, Raph was in the corner. If you don't know what Raph looks like, you definitely do if you were watching. You saw him many, many times taking photos, looking condescending. Welcome to my life. No, you looked lovely. Thank you. What was the loudest noise you heard from a pop? And next <laughs> next is loudest smack, oh, which I no. think happened in the Hunter Colvin match, but you tell me. Okay. Hunter Colvin was pretty loud. I'm going to respectfully decline to say what was the loudest noise I heard because uh, it was not fun. So the whole thing about combat jiu-jitsu is that it stresses me out. And I brought on Steven Martinez on the grappling hour last week, and I asked him about it. And him and Philippe Fogelin both said in their own ways, uh, you know, sometimes when you get slapped, it's not as hard as it sounds. I begged to differ because <laughs> when I saw those guys start to slap, you do feel a little like, man, that looks like it could hurt. Now, do you think that somebody might have a little bit more power to their slaps? Sure, of course. But it seems like it's a fairly new thing to a number of people. The first person I saw hit a slap that wasn't only loud, but also carried a certain heft to it was Josh Near. And I thought, man, talk about an MMA fighter coming into the grappling world and showing them this is what it looks like to actually slap a human being. And I Josh said, Neer has taken. a very low give a fuck tolerance. It yeah. is it is set to one. And there's another weird aspect to all this, Kevin, which is people cheering. And I, I happen to be right next to where the coaches were. And people saying like, yeah, it's a good one. Let's get another one of those. Yeah. Man, you're feeling it. Let's get another few slaps in there. It still weirds me out. It, it is a little counterintuitive because I talk about things you would never hear at an IBJJF. Chief among them, we can get another smack in. Yeah. Like you're not hearing that at 95% of grappling tournaments. There was also a great moment, Kevin, when <laughs> I realized that somebody had back control and their team was yelling out. And this is great moments and people yelling out shit at events. They just go, we're going to need you to finish someone here. And I go, this is why I could never be an athlete. And they go, what do you mean? I go, do you, have you met me? Do you understand what I might say when someone says, Raph, we got to get a finish here. No, let's do it. Raph, Raph, you're grappling. You you just entered the, you just, someone just smashed past the shit out of your face. Let me hit you. Raph, Raph, one minute. We really need a submission here. 
We really yep. need a submission. Yep. No, I heard you the first time. Thanks, man. You did? Wasn't trying to get a submission the whole other nine minutes. Really appreciate well, it your work. Well, it doesn't fucking look like it, Raph. It looks like cool. you just cool. Great. Now he passed slap my guard. dicking you. around. Your I face really, is Kevin, fat. You're a terrible coach, and I just lost at EBI. Thanks, dude. <laughs> I suck. That's a 100% accurate. Rap and I would get into an argument so rich (laughs) if I scream, we really need a submission here, Raf. It's like, did that need to be said? Did that need to be said out loud? Yeah, I know we fucking do. Thank you. (laughs) Because I always wonder when they say shit like that. And I get it because sometimes you're trying to tell your teammate, maybe it's an OT round and you really have to get the submission to advance i understand that but telling someone we need to submit them here raf okay i thought that was the point of this whole thing thank you for illuminating that because i was trying to get an advantage here motherfucker (laughs) what the fuck do you think we're doing here (laughs) that would be don't don't somebody put that advantage line in your pocket that would be good to, to get on the <laughs> and, broadcast and that's the whole thing is i would ask someone after i lost the match did that advantage line play did you guys hear that joke line did, did no i mean one, did it get a good response i no was i was a little anything. busy getting slapped in the face so it's a little <laughs> hard to really Just remember what anyway also one of my favorite things though i told victoria we had it on i had it on right before we uh went out to some dinner and a film festival she she goes i was like it's slap jitsu it's combat jiu-jitsu she was like oh i was like yeah you can't slap in the groin or the back of the head cue the match the person just starts whacking the back of the head like they <laughs> heard me and it was that there was a lot of hits to the back of that sure i think it's hard to enforce that because once you allow the slaps it's to give people that automatic good feeling that makes it almost mma and everybody goes yeah yeah was there that's what real jiu-jitsu is about but then the moment you have to stop someone and go hey could you please tone it down because your strikes are not 100 percent accurate and we'd really prefer that the strikes be as pure as helio told us they could be when he first invented jiu-jitsu I don't know whose voice that is, but I wouldn't mind if someone like peeked into my jujitsu with that more often. Loudest smack? Do you have a smack that you're like? Okay. But but Josh Near I felt was the first person to win. Kev, I'm dubbing it right here, right now, and I will say this on the grappling hour next. But I am going to dub the Wagner Rocha Memorial Slap of the Evening did belong to Josh Near, awesome. who really got it. <laughs> However. A very, very special Wagner Rocha honorable mention to one Kyle Chambers because Kyle, like, I know this guy as a purely nice human being. I've never rolled with him. And when someone asked, Raph, have you rolled with him? I said, no. And they said, oh, why? And I go, what would I have to offer to that dude? He would not only crush me. But he's so nice, he'd be like, I'm so sorry, your jiu-jitsu is so bad, Rap. He doesn't look that nice. I'm going to say it out loud. I, well, you before we get to know him. We're sure. going to cover some of the key matches because yes, if yes, you weren't yes. watching EBI 17, we did the middleweights, combat jiu-jitsu. It's really, the combat jiu-jitsu is starting to win me over. And I was critical of it, much more critical probably privately than I was publicly on the podcast. But before we do that, Raph, 
Mm. Who do I need to talk about something that helps me through a 45-degree weather run? Why are you running in 45-degree weather period? I run in the weather I'm presented right now (laughs) to jog it out to try and get ready for the knee impact required to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because, yeah, I'm getting close. Getting very close. I gotta get wow. back. All right, like at this point, it's like if I die, I die. Provennutrition.com. <laughs> I waxed some of that core business and I felt like one million two hundred thousand dollars. I felt like I was prepared to go on prices right, spin that wheel to a hundred every time. One dollar it is. Provennutrition.com. You get the biodegradable packaging, which always makes you feel good. You get the understanding and certainty that they're using 100% natural ingredients. None of the dyes, none of the weird things that come with some of the commercial brands. Provennutrition.com. You want to roll? You want to get ready for EBI 17? Someone's going to slap you in the face? Provennutrition.com. They have a slap you in the face drink. I haven't seen it yet. I'll I'll actually verify that one in the effect. Mm. Raph, the other thing people do to do, you got to keep you got to keep your your goodies covered because everyone's streaming everything now. It mm. is a streaming. Your milkshake brings all the cameras to the yard, jujitsu oh, wow. wise. To use to use that that type of lyrical prowess to help everyone understand how important this is. Two thousand four's most prominent summer song, Kevin. <laughs> Go to northsouthjujitsu dot com and avoid your milkshake bringing anything to any yards. Strap up those <laughs> hips with something that holds on. <laughs> North South Jiu Jitsu underwear. I love the new line. I love the new colors. That navy makes me feel warm inside. It's pumpkin mm. spice latte season. I want that for my booty. That's North South Jiu com. Tell them Verbal Tab sent you. They won't care, but, they really <laughs> but we want, really no. want you to just tell them. It's just nice. It is that just, they know. It's just, I don't know that it bears any decision making on their part, but they do like we love them. It's just one of those things where they go, Yes, those dorks. And we, we are go, Yeah, but loosely you know, we associated love each other. with them. <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> At one point I think Pat just told me he goes, I'm essentially writing you off as a charity. And I was like, That's fair. So anyway, kids, um, I love the fact that Kevin segues into the promo moment. By telling us, guys, I mean, I'm getting back to jiu-jitsu. Oh, uplifting. This is going really well. And if I die, I die. Anyway, core, am I right? <laughs> Revive me with some shit. Sprinkle a little bit of that on me. And that's going to be the best commercial we ever make, Kevin. <laughs> well, now let's uh, not disappoint and head towards some EBI 17 Yes, yes. Results. Let me get back to saying I'm going to give uh, some honorable mentions. You you fill in because you were there. You were covering yes. it. You could see it. And frankly, you almost got smacked a few times if you weren't yeah, so agile. But here's the thing about Kyle Chambers that I want to finish, which is he is a nice human being. He had a major comeback that we'll address a little bit later. But he seemed like somebody who just kind of thought, man, I'm not really – a person who does striking and it seemed like a lot of stuff he was setting up was sans uh, palm strikes and all that sort of assortment and then there was one distinct moment and i think it was his match with and correct me if i'm wrong but it was philippe fogelin who he then got a moment where he was 
putting Philippe in his guard. He was on his back. And Philippe was just kind of like looking to pass. And then he just goes, what bam? And, and then Philippe like was taken aback and goes, oh. And then looked at him and goes, I respect, ow. And then got like another slap back into it. And it was the moment we forgot. Oh, right. Kyle Chambers. Still very strong. Very. Very quick as well. Let's let's not forget that. So uh, just because he looks like a nice guy, he, he does compete at a high level. But, man. You can make a very good like, argument. Kyle Chambers had a shot. I mean, he did have a shot at the title. He only lost to John Blank. Well, we talked about the Tenth Planet on Tenth Planet Crime, and I did go up to him it's and I sad. said, "You know, it's, it's sad about Tenth Planet on Tenth Planet Earth. Like, can't we all just get along?" But no. Uh, well, I will say this, <laughs> and this is again, you were asking for things that you didn't get to see on air. I have some, Kevin. Would you like to hear my Eddie Bravo take real quick? Absolutely. Okay, here's what happened. First of all, I need you guys to understand. I enjoy the edgy Braj. He's nothing but nice when we're there. He came to say hello at some point. He does a wonderful job of hosting and being there. At at this point, how does he know you as someone that just trains in his gym occasionally? (laughs) As someone that interviews all the fighters at his tournaments? I don't know. I don't know if he knows. Edgy, I think, has gotten to the point where he's just accepted I'm there. And I think... He is understanding in the fact that I will interview most of the fighters. Like I have a reputation for, you know, interviewing. In the past, he definitely saw me interview. A, uh, I think it was Gordon Ryan, and he just goes, "Hey, I saw that interview you did with Gordon Ryan." I was like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Man, you like you ask questions. Like you go there. That's ballsy." <laughs> I, and I would I think said, he digs us. I just would never know if he was like, "Yeah, I remember." I mean, don't get me wrong. I, for years, I was like, does he even care? I like, love his does, tournaments. Does he really do that? I Granted, just fucking love his tournaments. We've they're been so much more fun. Every EBI except for two, which You've was number one. to every EBI except for two. Well, yes. we as a, a collective, because <laughs> I this is the part that I think people really I just want. want to make sure the audience isn't like, Kevin covered a few? I did not. Raph has sure. all of them. But He's I think just the reason magnanimous. Why I, I think the reason why people want you to eventually show up to these things, Kev, they did put your name down, I think, for number two. When I went with that first event I went to, they were like, well, we put Kevin down. And I was like, well, Kevin's oh. not here. So it was very sweet. But the reason why I say we is because when I am there, I think I've said your name so many times. People go, can he just be here already? I need to. They're a fun. I, they have they to be fun live because they are hey, fun wait. on television. Here's the thing. Guys, this is important that you guys know what I got to see. So we love the edgy Braj, okay? Now, what they did do to him, and I don't know who is behind this, but they gave him the air horn. Now, edgy Braj, when he cannot... It's a bad idea. Very much so. Edgy may have some weed a little bit i'm not sure if he does that but he might have like a little bit before the event starts might. so when he gets out there he's usually a really relaxed pace he's a seven on the scale of nine and he's he can't seven. really referee the combat aspects because you have to get somebody from the california state athletic commission to actually be the governing body and the referee so the csac 
They always say yeah. it. So when that happens, I believe it's camo, Kevin. You're I think right. what <laughs> might be right. Is, it might be camo. I think what happens is is they said, well, let's give him some stuff to do. And he became what, in my opinion, Kevin, once you gave him the air horn and I was right there next to him, you definitely heard a lot of, (laughs) my ears hurt so bad. And I'm right next to him. And it's once the air horns, that was my first tip. But where I'm about to take you may blow your minds. We are looking into it, people. Here's where I had a moment. In the semifinal, Eddie saw the crowd might have been a little tired. They might have been kind of, you know, waning a little bit. So we decided to pump the energy up by saying on the microphone, Hey, you guys, I just wanted to remind you, whoever gets the win in this round advances to the finals. Now, if you're at all familiar with what a semifinal means, you might know. That is a true fact. Rep, that's a good thing to remind people, though. It's just like <laughs> a good thing to make sure people are paying attention. Happening? You're saying they're going to go to the finals? Like, were we going to stop it there before? Were we not going to have them advance? So, again, it's fine. I don't mind it. But it, between that and the air horn, I thought to myself, oh, my God, without refereeing, they made Eddie Bravo a bat mitzvah DJ. As someone that DJed for two years, I can tell you that sounds right. No, I didn't know this. You did know this. You knew I was in college. My freshman, sophomore year, I worked for complete music (laughs) while I was attending Kansas state university. And I DJed several weddings and proms and homecomings and a few extracurricular events. That's what we call them in the biz. Sure. Including, I guess, one Jewish family. I was at a bar mitzvah uh, in Kansas. But that's like 100% more than bar mitzvahs <laughs> than most people have been in Kansas. So I feel good about it. I'm so sorry. You know what? If Judge Kavanaugh Ka- you know, cannot remember or recall certain things, I believe I still have the ability to say, I do not recall. <laughs> Let me look at my calendar Let me look from at my ca- 2004 I- to 2006. <laughs> and I'll get back to you about all the gigs I did. Oh my God. So anyway, Kev, that air horn beep, was beep, not beep. the bane of my existence, but it may be a meme in the and future. You're people. talking about the overtime air horn, right? Yes. He was in charge of the overtime air horn because there yes. were a few times people, they said it on the broadcast. There, were, I don't remember exactly which match. Somebody was clearly no longer in striking position that had started mm. on the back. And they were like, and then you heard a super late. Both fighters had stopped fighting. It was like, <laughs> and from home, it was like, okay, nice. I think whoever's working the air horns a little late on it. And the broadcast immediately is like, Eddie Bravo on the air horn tonight. And it was like, yeah. thank you for sharing. That was helpful information. Again, guys. I didn't Eddie... know he was permanently on the air horn. I thought they just gave it to him one match and he was like, shit, ding, ding, ding. And that was so- it. What you should know, though, and I want to make this is okay. So that's a that's Do a not note give me an error for Eddie. Just FYI, at any event ever, don't give it to me. Eddie is working his ass off to make sure everybody's entertained. He's going up to everybody. He's being very cordial. He's taking selfies with people. Uh, you know, he really does get hype. And I think there are some things that I see that maybe other people didn't. 
And I don't want to like reveal too much that I feel would be uncomfortable uh, if you were to hear it just in terms of like, well, those are just cool little moments that I think should just exist between maybe the athletes and Eddie. But I can tell you a couple. And I thought this was particularly kind of cool. Number one, there was one moment where Eddie was looking at, I believe it was the commercial for the EBI in December that Grace Gunroom is going to be on, which, by the way, awesome. He looked up at it. And I swear to you, Kev, with the lights dark, he's just kind of not pacing, but he's doing that thing where he stands still and he's just swaying his weight back and forth. And he's clapping in the middle of it as if he's never seen this commercial before. And I think to myself, that's pretty cool. He looks like he's really into it. But then to add the exclamation mark to that moment, he literally goes up to the fighter on deck and goes, that's a pretty good card. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about that. And I go, it's pretty cool that he's still excited about doing these things <laughs> and providing them for the community. So the one thing I will say, when we got to 10th Planet on 10th Planet Crime, and I don't think it gives away too much, but throughout the night, he was going up to a lot of the athletes and just saying, like, you good? When many of them were not good. Four fights in a row to win is asking people a lot when people are slapping you, let alone in regular EBI. I've heard. And a lot of guys were always like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, man. And then Eddie went up to both Thor and Kyle and just goes, oh, I hate that this has to happen. I hate it. Go out there and have fun. Well, how much do you hate it? Because you put them on the same side of the bracket. Well, it's because <laughs> they only want one to go in so that someone else from a different school can go up against C- can I ask an honest that, question? Yes. It's going to expose some of my vulnerability of knowledge to the audience. Okay. Did you know John Thor blank before this? Absolutely. I've interviewed him before. And has he always been such a cold blooded murderer? Yes. Jesus. And there was a moment where I have an interview, obviously with John Thor blank, which by the way, you do in the first interview. Yeah, I do. Um, and he's I, great. I, he is he's a, very good at jiu-jitsu. He's very he good at it. He is. And my first interaction with him, and I, I was familiar with his work, and I knew he was a beast. Just you know, talking to Jam and Zach, they're always talking him up. And they don't really have to do too much to really tell you why you should look at him. Because once you actually see him roll, you go, oh, my God, no, dude, a beast. Yeah. But I think the thing that's really important to really take into perspective for him is – my first interaction with him was at Ultimate Matt Warriors, I think, two, And we talked. And he won the competition in very dominant fashion there. And I was really impressed. And then I met him. And he was the most, I want a hug. Hey, man, how are you? I'm good. Man, I just love jiu-jitsu. He's emotional. He's feeling the moment. He's everything that you would think a stone cold killer maybe isn't and it's easy to root for him kev so when i knew he was in the competition you know people always ask they're like who do you think's gonna win and there was one person who was pretty close and it's our good friend jarell garcia who wrote thor versus dan martinez in the final tough matches for everyone i didn't have a scenario where i didn't see thor necessarily at least beasting through a little bit of the tournament but that motherfucker spent less than six minutes on the mats. He was he was um, really sending a message with how fast he was submitting people. 
and unassumingly, though very professionally in terms of sets up his heel hooks extremely well, sets up the arm bar in a scary way. He, yeah. You know who else does that arm bar he does? Jubera. Mm. Jubera mm. loves that tucked mm. into the armpit arm bar. It fucking sucks. Because all of a sudden you spin and you're like, no, 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 no. And you, <laughs> that's what you saw. He turns you into a Pillsbury Doughboy. I'm tap. Ah! And they, fortunately, people understand when you use that, that tone of voice that you are sure. completely done. Jesse Taylor gets submitted mm. by Matt Secor via triangle choke. I thought that was a great match. You and I mm. know James Partridge, who trains with Hunter Colvin. Yes. Unbelievable match. Unbelievable match with Felipe Fogelin in the first round. Yes. Just and right. I I'm giving honorable mention right now to just different matches. Very clear with Philippe. I had interviewed him last week going into this, and he's a friend of the show. Uh, he's had some amazing EBI moments. And there was something special where I knew he would have a good, good match. But that match was Hunter's showcase for a lot of it and well let's I talk about felipe's first two fights hunter colvin and then kyle chambers it's like we'll get to fuck the kyle off one. like everyone go fuck yourselves that is two athletic mofos to have to fight back to back but the nice part is is like with Philippe, he's kind of got like those cool highlights from ebi's past with a hunter in him at first, it looked like Philippe was kind of being a little bit more in charge. And then when Hunter started taking over and was very dominant, it looked like Philippe was in danger to the point where when Philippe is able to get an OT win, it is, man, impressive. It showed his heart. And all I could think of was, he has to do this again? Fuck off. <laughs> oh, that my was, God. I had that same feeling. But I'm then sure not just against anybody. Right. It's like, hey, guys, can you tell me who I'm? Oh, Kyle Chambers? Okay. Well, I also want to give honorable mention to friend of the podcast, Steven Martinez, who had yes. an amazing fight with Matt Secor, who goes yes. the distance damn near in terms of this match. So he ran into the person who takes second to John Blank in the evening and really yes. kind of beat the shit out of people. RNC, triangle choke. He he yep. was very difficult. And Steven Martinez, he beat via control time. So you're talking about a first-round matchup where, and I watched Steven in that matchup. Damn. Like, Steven looked good. And Matt Secor, that was that was his toughest match outside it's of It's so John tough Blank. because we really do talk about those small percentage of margins between what wins you a match and what takes you to overtime. And I feel with a number of these matches, and I think you can make the case for some of it being combat jujitsu, because I, I do enjoy combat jujitsu to a certain great. extent. This was However, awesome. I do feel that a number of the things that you do see is that people are still using combat jujitsu as a defense in a majority of cases. Because people go to open guard or they go into like half guard and it seems like their brain forgets. But the minute somebody tries to submit you with a heel hook, the first thing I see people doing now is like flap at people. And it's interesting because, again, that's why we noted Josh Neer. But we noted a couple people who really seem to say, I really want to try to push the action with some slapping to open up the guard and to aggressively use it as a tool. Um, 
I also want to give a shout out. You know, it was really unfortunate with Bobby Emmons and even uh, Joe Bays. I thought that sucked. I thought Bobby Emmons was actually doing pretty well, and unfortunately his knee buckled, and then that looked fucking painful. It was not great, and watching it was uh, slightly vomitous from my angle. <laughs> and then on the same side, Joe Bays later <laughs> in his super fight uh, has his shoulder pop out. And these are the things you never want to have to see. And so, I, I, and the fact that they're from the same team only makes it uh, all the worse. But we obviously wish them a speedy recovery. I did think Bobby looked much better. Um, but Gabriel Checo also, he, he was a good soul. I, I liked him checking in on Bobby. And he seemed legitimately, like, as a human concerned to him. And uh, that's always good sportsmanship. Let's talk about, though, John Blank when he makes a statement against uh mccory because when he did that i remembered looking at somebody and they said how did john blank do and i said i don't know that anybody's gonna beat him tonight and they're like what and i was like you asked me how he looked and i told you i don't think anyone's going to beat him and i go message received so you know i mean again that's privileged knowledge just from seeing him roll at uh which we call open mat warriors or ultimate mat warriors Arm and, bar, heel hook, mm-hmm. rear naked choke, and I forget how he won. Oh, no, I don't. Guillotine. Yep. Those are that. He didn't even use the same submission. He was essentially playing submission bingo because there were a couple people that <laughs> when you started to see he a couple wins. people play. That is great. He hit for the cycle. You're right. Yeah. Well, with free spot, he definitely won. Damn. I do know that uh, another person I really want to give a lot of credit to was uh, one Dan Martinez. I thought he looked pretty good, and I thought the match between him and Sakor was okay. But I thought Dan Martinez. He was good. Pink uh, rash guard? Yes. He was good. He, was he very not good. only like he seemed to have a good understanding and appreciation for it, how to do his game here, but one thing in particular that I was pretty impressed by though, Kev, was um, I don't know if you could see this on the television, but I went up and I was taking photos and I looked in my viewfinder and I took what I thought was an okay photo, but then I looked closer at it and it literally rendered itself nicer looking. Because it said, no, 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 he's very pretty in the face. And I go, what? And I looked down and I noticed it looked like he had eyeliner on and that he had Bambi eyes. And I said, listen, pretty boy, you can't be doing this sport. And I thought I was unfounded with my own uh, interpretation here. I go up to talk to a couple of his guys and they go, yeah, everybody says he is too pretty for jiu-jitsu. Oh, my goodness. Is this a score alert? Uh, let me up. see what's happening just here. Shut the fuck up. I didn't, Kevin, I didn't make this happen. Um, you know, sometimes ESPN just likes to tell you, like, hey, you're winning by, like, a lot. So you, your team. You didn't win by a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Right now, it's like by 220 versus 191. It's not by now. It's the total. You don't have any more players. Neither do I. It's 220 to 191. That's well, what it wait. was. I'm going to wait for ESPN to do their corrections in the morning and we'll just see what the full total fucking is. fucking my fault for not okay. starting um, uh, Kirk Cousins. No, I wouldn't have started. Yeah. God, fucking shit. <laughs> Anyway, returning back to the thing that matters, uh, Choco, and, Checo and John Blank, wow. 
then after that, you get Kyle Chambers and Philippe, who I think put on a very good show between both of them. That was a that was a tough clash. And I will say there was a great moment with Kyle Chambers, too, where he saw blood for the very first three seconds he was in the match. And I think that changes a fighter when they see their blood when in a grappling sense for the very first time. And I don't know if that was his first time, but that that nosebleed was looking rough. But he was committed to trying to get that, I believe, knee bar and then looked like he was in a little bit of trouble. And then just kind of did his thing. And, you know, he's a, he's one of those guys who could very, very quickly finish you. So I, I didn't think that there were a lot of bad narratives that came out of it. Uh, despite my kind of like, I mean, I'm still like I get combat jujitsu, but I do miss the regular thing. Really? I do. I love it. I'm kind of down. The do you know smacking- who? The smacking isn't necessarily helpful. It is most of the time. I get it. But there was a few times when someone smacked and nearly got heel hooked or did yeah. get heel hooked. And John Blankton gets smacked a lot. And there are some, there's just some fucking moments in this that are interesting because of the ability. And I, I thought still... jiu-jitsu fighters get a little one-track minded. You can tell. Sure. You can tell I they're still, like, oh, it's hitting time. F everything. It's hitting time. I still feel it exposes grapplers as being not great strikers, oh, which is not always great no, to you're, see. You're definitely right And I that. feel like there are still a lower percentage of people who really do both really, really well. If you are Wagner Rocha, who said, yep, aside from Dan Martinez, don't see anybody who does this well. And I was like, I mean, Thor did it pretty well. So let's, let's kind of give him some credit because he good. Um, but I understand what he's saying is Thor seemed to win it without even really taking much of a slap to begin with. Thor won. What, what card prior were you talking about? Uh, ultimate Bat warriors. He did. It yeah. Might, he won two or that, three, right? Yeah. 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 Shit. So let's does, say this. not okay. a lot of smacking in his strategies. No, I mean, he said he was kind of training for it and he said that he was preparing for it. And it's, you know, it is kind of a weird thing to do, but he's also that kind of guy who does all kinds of conditioning. His muscles have muscles. So he's one of those people who, when you're named Thor, you really do have to like live up to that nickname. And uh, I believe he does it well. So, um, and again, I want to give a nice shout out to my good friend, Mike Flatch, who I don't know if he saw it from us, but he definitely messaged me after we put up, they were looking for a last minute alternate and he fights MMA and uh, he did the breakdown invitational with us and he's a good guy and he, he got himself in there and talk about having a real fucking moment, Kevin. He ends up, Really, really, I think, doing some excellent jujitsu. And there were a couple moments where he looked like, oh, oh that is a guy who fights which, MMA. Which match? It was a special match. Uh, it was one of the um, super fights that they had. Oh, okay. So, uh, but it was nice because he was very complimentary to us and uh, said he was very happy that he, um, you know, saw our post and once he saw that they were looking for an alternate, he said, yeah, I, I got to get that spot. So it was it was nice uh, when you see your friends accomplish great things, uh, just like 
when John Blank won, uh, JM and Zach from Finishers uh, turned into the happiest dads. Like, <laughs> Zach went full dad mode. Where, imagine how your dad would hold a cell phone if you won a Little League game. That's kind of what Zach looked like there. Well, you were close enough to touch the action. Have we have we missed any major matches? Are Not we good? really. Have we Those covered are, everything? That's pretty much everything. And I mean, uh, them at Muscle Farm makes a lot of sense. I think the crowd was pretty good. Um, you know, again, my, my still reservation is this. I still feel it's harder to get grapplers involved in this incarnation of EBI. Craig Jones is actually leading a crusade to get regular EBI back because I think they flirted that 185 around him and he was like, ooh, maybe. And then they said, ooh, but it includes slapping. And he said, good day, mate. Have a good so, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I would love to see Craig back on uh, one of these shows as well. I think the prevailing knowledge is this. If the next event for EBI is in December, and it's still on Fight Pass. And the UFC is about to go over to ESPN and give a number of fights on that paywall as well, people. As if we don't have another, you know, enough clients that we got to buy fucking footage from. You know, Day AZN, Flow Grappling, Fight Pass, ESPN, just to be MMA fans. You do wonder what will become of these things that were on fight pass like Polaris and EBI. And I think that's maybe why we're seeing a little bit more of the combat jiu-jitsu. And there is a rumor that's kind of the direction they want to go, Kevin. So I am wondering how much of this is fueled on by the idea of, Ooh, maybe this is more appealing to the everyday viewer to try and capture that fight pass fan. But I wonder if that's also at the disadvantage of the athletes who are like, I'm sorry, do you have to slap me? And then if I don't win at all, I just was a guy who got slapped. Can I just do regular EBI? Because I wonder that. Those are my, my thoughts. I wish I had an answer, but I'll definitely say this. Please keep doing regular EBI also. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's like, don't... Don't stop. Like, this is great. Combat jujitsu is really fun. And it's, as I said, I wish I could keep it from growing a, a special place in my soul. But there is something interesting about it in terms of what it generates opportunity wise for jujitsu. And there is some fun to it. And it's definitely an interesting version. That said, love the traditional no slap allowed jujitsu because that still brings in, I would argue, the same audience. They can show me different numbers wise, great, but keep it, keep it both. Like just keep rocking both of these. I don't see that any reason not to keep paralleling them. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Raph, you were mm. at a white belt tournament today let's <laughs> yes, take a second to drift away from ebi <laughs> and its fantasticness sure. though do you want to give a quick give us who was was there a celebrity in audience yeah there's a couple so <laughs> there was a couple funny moments to me uh number one our pal mcdojo life uh rob who's been on our show and now is doing his own series of interviews kevin 
um, he was in LA and he went to EBI and I thought, okay, cool. I ran into him at EBI. That makes a lot of sense. And then I saw him walk into our gym for a white belt tournament. And I thought, I mean, don't get me wrong. These white belts be hot fire. But also, what made you come to a white belt tournament? And he was like, I had nothing to do. <laughs> I said, well, you just happened to be at my gym. So that was a lot of fun. But then I also happened to see over on the sidelines. And, Kev, I need you to understand. I don't assume all bald white dudes who are a little bit older are inherently Joe Rogan or fake Joe Rogan, a.k.a. Jimmy Smith. A.K.A. Doppelganger, A.K.A. his Millhouse and fake Millhouse. So when that happened, Kev, I just saw a dude and I was like, "That looks like Jimmy." I don't think it is. Why would Jimmy be here? Why would any like? Why are these people here? And then all of a sudden, I saw one of these white belts get up in a match, and I heard the most clear coaching in a broadcast voice of, you see, the way you got to pass is you need to push their leg down so that you can advance through the back. And I go, yeah, that's him. You can see the way he's pushing the action to the left. That means there's weakness if you can pivot to the left and anvil him over in a way that's reminiscent of the way Frankie Edgar did it in his 2008 title shot textbook, work it over. It's like I thought it was a little odd that he addressed each one of his coaching uh shouts with joe and i was like that seems unnecessary though what i really should have done in retrospect is go over and uh started doing my anic voice and going well you see a lot of people are coming in here because they like jujitsu speaking of liking jujitsu don't forget modello the drink that sometimes is that one steepe i don't know anyway stay tuned this next segment brought to you by harley davidson Get fitted like a champ. I'm sorry, what? Oh, grab his white grab his collar, Johnny. Grab the collar. Yeah, exactly. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> well, Jimmy Smith was there. That's great. So Jimmy Smith was there. I was really I was really happy to see that because it, it did add a cool vibe. Um but yeah, we had a lot of nice uh white belts come out, do some great tournaments, had a nice absolute after our good friend Kyle. Kyle ended up uh, from VMAC. He ended up winning a super fight via a straight footlock. So I was very proud of that guy. And uh, you know, Kev, what's always nice? About 50 competitors. Yeah, I mean, well, leg locks are super nice. Uh, And he's somebody who we we like to train leg locks with each other. So I'm like, oh, dude. I looked at him and I go, I didn't get to see the exact finish. But it was a leg lock, right? He's like, yeah, straight footlock. I was like, dude. And he's like, dude. So that's pretty dope. But Kev, we had 50 competitors, and we were done. We started about like 10.30, 10.45, done by 2. Damn. Now, you know how much I meticulously plan for things, Did right? Did you all use a sorting hat from Harry Potter <laughs> to get this match going? Fuck. <laughs> to be fair, uh, the real key star of the whole shebang for VMAC is our good friend Pam, fellow Purple Belt. She runs it like a very solid well-oiled machine like she has a system she keeps everything on track and i think jimmy was saying hey i didn't know what was going on but you look like you were in charge and you look like you were a hundred percent doing a great job 
because I said, if she's saying this is the way it's supposed to be, then I agree because you look like you know exactly what you're doing. And she goes, well, that was nice. Thank you. She's like, I didn't expect to be complimented by a UFC commentator, but damn, made my day. I'll take it. Um, Anyway, but yes, I'm a meticulous planner, Kevin. I think we cover this. Usually if I go somewhere, I usually bring what? Like my microphones, uh, recording equipment, 74 computer. 74 pairs of underwear. 74 pairs of underwear, 100%. But I also bring my training gear, right? And your can of fantasy football whoop ass. Yeah. Yes. Next to each other. But, Kevin, you know what was weird today? We finished... And we finished at 2, which is normally our open mat time there. And uh, I had eaten, like, a taco. I didn't eat too much today. And then all of a sudden, I see some of the guys training. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to train. I think I'm good. And then I was like, man, I'm going to hate what I just said tomorrow if I don't get to train. And I went over. I go, yeah, I've got my gear in my bag. So I'll just go to the car. I get my bag. I bring it over. And you know what happens? I have everything. I have like my gi, all that sort of stuff, and everybody's training no gi. And I was like, I don't have my rash guard. I only have this wife beater. Oh, fuck. Are you serious? How did I bring everything? Literally everything else. And I will tell you this. My friend Carlitos and I, we were rolling, and it was <laughs> like he was like training in a regular like uh, just like everyday shirt. And I was like, Carlitos, I want to tell you something, my friend. We are truly Mexican stereotypes right now. I am training in a wife beater, and you are training in uh, a shirt that's super chillax. It looks like we're at one of our uncle's barbecues, and we're just being really brown. Wow. Yep. I actually, I've never felt more like Jeff Glover training, at, at competing at ADCC than I did right there. But I 100% was just like, I can't believe I'm this unprepared. And I was really mad at myself. But I'll tell you this, I was glad I did train because immediately after I was like, oh, thank God. If I didn't train, I was going to be in a bad mood today. <laughs> so you got the training in. I did. Able, I got a few rolls. Yeah. You're able to give it the business. The what the hard part is, is like with the, the wife beater version is like how weird it is. And I was like, look, I have to ask Jeff Glover this and being like, dude, isn't it just weird to have like a wife beater and then just be like, yeah, I'm a stereotype. I'm 100% a stereotype right now because he was like rolling. Like he looked like I said he was rolling like a cholo. So, you know, <laughs> that's what Jeff Glover do. <laughs> he does. Uh, and normally, he's, you know, Big, he, maybe he thought the wife beer was like a really specific choice. It was like that's ADCC has no rules, kids. So that's why Jeff Glover was able to do that shit. Because to this day, I still look at that and I go in a room full of like all serial killers who are all trying to win gold in ADCC. Jeff Glover comes in in the most brosif board shorts and wife beater, and it's just like, yo, where's the jitsu at? And that was me today. <laughs> I like it. I, I mean, I disagree with the swagger because it makes you better, and obviously, I'm not interested in that. But every other sure. part of it—that's all. <laughs> I know. And the worst part is, I could have easily have just been like, "Are we doing ghee?" 
But then I realized I was like, oh, Carlitos had that same thing that I did, which is I have just enough to train, but also I'm going to be in such a bad mood if I don't train. So my my respect and uh, fun to that guy because, man, the best part about it is we finish the role and we're literally trying to murder one another. And then one guy who's off to the side, he was just like, hey, you guys, that was a pretty good roll. And we go, hey, do you want to get in? Do you want to roll next? And he just goes, can I be honest? I was like, what's that? He goes, can you guys roll again? Because, like, it's way more fun. You guys are actually, like, having a really good roll, and I want to see who wins. <laughs> I was like, oh. And we just look at each other and we go, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> but, I, like, it's the first time I've really seen somebody decline just for out of respect of, no, let's see, it. Let, let's see a finish here, guys. <laughs> I am definitely interested in this. Uh, let's get a finish here, guys. I mean, I mean, you've also rolled with Carlitos, and your one thing I just keenly remember you saying was, "Raf, you didn't tell me everybody had grips like him." And I was like, "That's Jesus, not yeah." For me. Carlito grabbed my collar, and it was like it didn't matter where I went. He kept that collar. It's like I took yep. his back; he was fine. Just wrapped his arm around, and said, "Collar." Yep. Bring you back. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the VMAC open mat today. So my thanks to McDojo Life, Rob, and uh, my thanks over to one and Jimmy Smith and, and all the competitors. Our good friend Eric Medina from the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club and CSUN. Get this, California State uh, University in Northridge uh, brought a team of people. About the California bullshit. I'm kidding. Go on. Get it off of your fucking rocker, dude. Will do. Just like it's, we've got a lot of Cal State universities, Kevin. <laughs> Just saying, we do California right. Anyway, yeah, it was good. Eric brought a whole fucking series of team members there, and I got to see a lot of like white belts who I actually know, and uh, got to see them compete and crush it. So it was a good day for grappling, sir. <laughs> it sounds like it. Well, we're gonna round this third yeah. base on this podcast i'm going to tell you this raf as we transition mm-hmm. into our finals i was looking at the mma news my favorite mm-hmm. headline of the entire thing canadian mma fighter arrested for murder acute that's comma by mm-hmm. the way that was past tense that was in 2011 when he was charged with murder sure accused of operating colombian drug cartel so your MMA badass of the week is Steve Skinner, the murderer and Colombian drug cartel addict. Because I just enjoy that. It's like he had so much passion for MMA that in addition to murdering and, and operating a Colombian drug cartel, I was like, I got to get a dojo going. Everybody knows it's about self-defense. That's it for, I think, us this week in yeah. verbal tap business. Raph, some shout outs. Sure. I'll start because mine are simple. So I went to Hump Film Festival last night. Unbelievable. It's just down the street from my house. Had to go. So to the Dan Savage crew, nice work. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. If you don't want to know what I'm talking about, do not Google it. (laughs) Do not Google it. I finally... Thanks to Kaiser Permanente and a lot of the rehab department. Raph, headed back to hot yoga this week. If I can do Ooh. it for a week, I'm headed back to jujitsu. So to the medical community and science, thanks again for all the healing powers. 
Time to find a Harry Potter witch and get myself over the hump and really get this thing rolling because I need to get back to some fighting. Yeah, I think it's time. Well, uh, I want to do a couple of shout outs and they're kind of um, non-traditional. And then there'll be like two traditional ones. Uh, Traditional uh, in the sense that I guess we've never really done it like this for a while. But I would like to thank, let's say, Nate Diaz's spell check for coming up with a fun way of saying divisions. I'm not saying I expect him to have the world's best spelling, but when he does mess it up, it is actually pretty funny. Uh, I want to go ahead and send a shout out to HBO Boxing for no longer existing because that's fun. Um, that's kind of sad. 40 years, Kev, of HBO boxing. Hey, it really makes you count your chickens in terms of thanks, North-South Jiu-Jitsu.com, improving nutrition for keeping us in the game, even HBO's boxing show struggling. Maybe if they gave us a chance, put us in a basement with some cage fighting and let (laughs) us have the uh, motor wrap, we could modernize that shit. I mean, listen, if HBO's still interested, we could get some of those bum fights from Winkle John. Uh, and televise those, and that would be fine. Uh, shout out to the 130,000 people who kind of said, well, we'll pay for UFC 20, 228, uh, as headlined by Woodley and Till. That's a terrible number. And that is why you hear Dana White every chance he gets saying, yeah, we're, we're projected at about 2.5 million dummies buying this fucking shit. So let's hope that turns out well for everybody. Uh, and uh, a final non-traditional shout out to one Gordon Ryan because, you know, nothing sells ringer like, wait, Team Alpha, Gordon, why? That seems unfair. Yeah. That quintet does not seem like a, an actual thing. I, I really love that they can just hire grapplers. Team, like, Team Alpha Male has Gordon Ryan. It's like why he mm-hmm. he trained with us once when shut up it's none of your fucking business when he trained with us <laughs> well the nice part about it is kev it does open up the door if they can just assemble super teams at will like that it makes me wonder can you also buy him off mid card as you go back to the intermission and both teams advance to the finals can you go up to him and say gordon we'll make it worth your while because clearly money is what you brought you to Team Alpha Male. But what if I put $20 extra on that? Mm? Mm? He it's works for Russell Farm. You know he's selling out. He's like whatever. 100%. Yeah, sounds good. Anyway, um, shout-outs are as follows. I've already talked about the people from VMAC. They're good, so I'll see you guys very soon. Uh, LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. and Tuesday, Thursday at 1130. I also want to give a big shout out to the 10th Planet Van Eyes crew. Thank you guys for always being great training partners. Went to an awesome open mat on uh, Friday. Had some great roles. Uh, I did do this one thing, though, Kev. You know, Milton and I always have this nice back and forth. And uh, Milton's got a fight coming up at the end of October. And there was a moment where I actually grabbed part of his leg and I remembered I really shouldn't try and break his leg before he has a major fight because he's quite good at the kicking. And I grabbed his leg 
and I thought about it and then I let it go and I just said, I'll see you in four weeks. <laughs> and he laughed really hard. He's like, man, he's like, why don't you just do it? I was like, I would feel so bad if I did something new. And I'm like, it's not to say my technique would be great. I just thought I would clumsily like fall in it and then go, what'd you do, Raph? I don't know. Oh, we're just trying to play leg locks. You crushed his leg by being fat. I know. I know. I didn't mean to. The so. fat part was an accident. I'm the fat so part was angry. an accident. <laughs> so anyway, um, shout out to them. Uh, shout out to my good friend, Elliot. Uh, lost an ultimate or uh, was it ultimate <laughs> unanimous decision. Yeah, it's an ultimate decision. Sure. Uh, unanimous decision at, uh, at kickboxing yesterday. So Muay Thai fight. Head up to him. He's got a fight coming up again. So we're not even going to lose steam on that. And uh, that's it, guys. I think that's what we got. Oh, and shout out to all you guys watching uh, Grappling Hour. I really appreciate that. We've got some new subscribers. If you guys get the opportunity, follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Subscribe to everything. And very soon it's going to be on iTunes and uh, the Stitcher and like like that. And this week we have our big premiere. And, you know, I wouldn't normally tell you who the guests are for a big premiere. But you guys, you're our people. Here's who they are. This week we've got PJ Barch. We've got Sergio Hernandez and everybody, Wagner Rocha. That will be the premiere episode of The Grappling Hour. Yeah, Hope to see you guys there. How to really do the smack. <laughs> uh, listen, when he put it out there, he said it on his Instagram, not me. So He is the smack champion. Everyone knows that. No one's tougher than Wagner Rocha. Because I know what's going to happen is Wagner's going to get that moment in the interview. Where if you do ask him about it, and this is all guess, I haven't done the interview yet, but I really do feel like if I say, well, Wagner, I mean, could you say that there were some people who did the format justice? He might go, "Mm, I'm so sorry. Has someone else knocked out somebody in a grappling competition for an EBI? Raise your hands if you have a KO in slap jitsu. And then he's going to ask me if I have done it. And I'm going to be like, I mean, clearly, no, I have not. But there's also a lot of things I've never done at an EBI. That's true. So they're that. That'll do it for this. For this. That'll do it for us this week <laughs> here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. I hate your fantasy team, Rev. But yours is so much better that they just can't it overperform. Is. It's, mm. it's fine. Good evening. <laughs> oh, good night, good fight, whatever. I, I was actually hoping we could continue doing it because I wanted to hear you go for another five minutes of closing. Just the way you did five minutes of opening of not letting me talk as you're like, fuck your team. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...